Hello there, guys, and welcome into the On Air Podcast, episode one with me, your host, Liam, and I'm joined today with my, uh, what are we now, 19, 19 years as friends now? Yeah, 19 years, man. 19 years, crazy. It's crazy you've been able to put up with me for that, for that amount of time. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so basically today, guys, thank you for coming and joining over. Um, we're obviously a relatively new podcast, but we'll be talking over a bit of everything. We'll range from things to talk about football, and we'll also be going along the ranges of looking down different lines of random things. We'll talk random stuff sometimes. We'll have different guests on each episode. Um, what I do want the listeners that do hear this to let me know is at the end of the episode how frequent you'd like the episodes to come up, because that's the one thing I'm still a little bit unsure on. So I do need sort of your guys' help with that. Um so what we're going to talk about today, really, is Joe. We're going to we're going to sort of have a little bit of an intro about who who we are, really. Um, yeah, man. Just have a bit of a chat because guys got to know who we are. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And then what we're mainly going to talk about is uh, talk about football, sort of uh, how the season's been going, like uh, like at the moment, how the season both going for both our respective teams. Obviously, we support different teams. And yes, indeed. How COVID has affected football, but with the news today that we are actually recording this on the twenty second of February. Boris has just made his announcement that we have got a four-step exit out of lockdown. And I don't know about you, but I'm buzzing that clubs are going to be open about two months <laughs> before a, my birthday. <laughs> it's about time, man. It's been far too long. I'm we all need to get out. I'm saying it's a couple of weeks after yours, isn't it? Uh, it's like three days after my birthday, yeah. Ah. So bad timing on that one, but <laughs> nothing can be done. <laughs> nah, nah, it will be, it'll be fine once we can get out. Get out, have a couple of vodka Red Bulls, as, as I'm definitely going to be drinking my weight in. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> mate. Oh, mate, you should have been there. Um, basically, guys, in from where we're from, we're from Essex. And in Essex, you've got a town called Southend. And there's a club there called Mayhem. And anyone from Southend will know Mayhem and talk and chameleon but some of the nights out we used to have a talk Whew. friday nights <laughs> yeah, there's a few tales used to, be, few. used to be pre-drinks at either mine or yours then we'd get tanked up go to the pub <laughs> and then make good old there. days <laughs> those are good old days <laughs> so you're you work uh, in the nursery you work in like the sort of the childcare sector don't you at the moment yeah at the moment yeah i was gonna say how has sort of covid impacted that because it's work it's affected my working life a lot yeah it's uh it's been a struggle but it's been like that for everyone certainty of things change day by day yeah it's um, like it always always seems to be like you get some sort of system in place and then you're just getting used to that new system and then within the next week or two there's a whole new system that's come out and completely overrides what's just happened yeah, I mean, it, it was difficult, especially uh, the first lockdown, because no one knew like what was going to happen when, like when we went back after the first lockdown. No one knew how we were going to have to react to it, like the changes, how we were going to, because it's impossible to socially distance from three-year-old children. Like, um, you can't, you can't do it. No, I was going to say because that's what my mum was saying, because she also does a similar job. Um, she was saying it's so hard that. Obviously, especially on the kids as well, uh, it's hard because they don't necessarily understand what's going on either. Yeah, and you can't yeah, really sit there. And, yeah, you can't sit there and exactly explain a global pandemic to a bunch of five-year-olds because <laughs> <laughs> no. they won't have a Solomon clue what's going on. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's difficult, but things are easier now. Now that we're knowing, obviously through this lockdown, the third one or whatever we're in now. Yeah, third, isn't it? Yeah. 
um, we've stayed open. So it's been easier for us because we've had that consistency and it's been a lot better for the kids. But it's still, you know, we never actually knew throughout the whole thing whether we were going to shut from one day to the next and kids being like, off with symptoms and testing and nightmare. I was going to say, did you have to get like testing done quite a bit on the staff members or? No, actually, we um, we only ever had tests if we had symptoms or. So for me personally, um, if I I was around my girlfriend and her parents had symptoms, and then when they were confirmed as positive, I then had to have a test before I could go back to work. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there there was no testing. There was no the children needed testing if they had a high temperature or anything like that, but. No, there wasn't mm. anything regular, which I thought there should have been, at, you know, once a fortnight or something, just to make sure. Mm. But, but no, there was nothing. I would say for me personally, I've, well, during COVID, I've still done quite a few jobs, to be honest. Um, when COVID first came around and everyone was sort of saying, it almost didn't seem true, did it, at the start? It was like, oh, there's no. this crazy bat, crazy bat <laughs> yeah. illness that's come out of China and it's starting to infect people. And everyone was like, oh, that, that'll never get over here. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> as I say, I was working for um, Selfridges at the time. I was working on their admin team, doing a lot of the oh. refunds, high high value goods, and all that sort of stuff. And um, that became so much more difficult when, like, my side of the job dealing with shipments and stuff, that became so much more harder when border lines and um, like the shipping yards and stuff like that weren't allowing parcels yeah, in or out the country. Man. So I'm sitting there and I've got like 25 customers that are like, "Where's my order?" And I'm like. Ah, uh, it is coming. It's just stuck in Singapore. <laughs> it just can't leave the docks at the moment. Uh, okay, so when am I going to get my order? Uh, about a month. It just made everything <laughs> Which, stop, uh, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I took some time off over the summer. We actually lived together over the summer, which was it was a good time. It was just it was good central time. for about three months. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. We had a, a good few laughs, didn't we? Mm, yeah, and then obviously I came... I came back to Ipswich and I started working for, I started managing the bar that I was at a few years ago. Um, but when I came back, when I came back to the bar, it was just as the groups were allowed to be, um, you could have groups of people. Yep. Yeah. So the thing that was quite hard about my job is, is people are going out on a night out. You mm. don't want to be the one reason why people are going to have a bad night. Even though yeah. it's like, I would get people coming up to me and having a go at me when I, it's, <laughs> I'm not the one that's making these rules up. That's what I used Shit. to say to them. It's like when people used to get funny with me. I used to say, look, at the end of the day, if we could not have these rules, we could, we would, but yeah. we can't. It's not yeah, our no decision. One them. No, no one wants the rules, but we have to have them to keep everyone safe. And that was the reason why we weren't, we stopped people at the door and we actually asked people to almost prove that they were from households. And some people didn't like that. They got quite funny about that, but, it almost goes to show the people that get funny about it have got almost something to hide. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't get defensive about it yeah. if, if they were in the clear. It's like they they, they would they would give me they would be able they'd be able to prove that they're from the same household. But and especially with the mill thing when they brought out the substantial mill, it's, it got to a point of where we're at the as a bar, we've got to look at this as yeah, we need to keep one ourselves safe, two everyone else that comes in safe, but we need to try and keep business like, like the business running at this point. Yeah. Because we'd, we'd been closed or had little business for about five, six months at this point. And we did a tenth over the summer of what we would usually do. So it completely killed us. 
So it got to a point of where we're just like, what counts as a substantial meal? But then they said that a scotch egg counts as a substantial meal. Yeah, it was, it's the whole thing was handled quite poorly. poorly in, in, yeah. You know, you look at these other countries who just, they had like three cases in New Zealand and they shut the country down. Oh, it's like Australia. They, they're, they're, they're still clubbing. Yeah. They're still having festivals and stuff. It's, um, we, I feel that uh, we dealt with it too. We trusted um, the public too much to stick to the rules. That's the problem. But the thing is, I also find that the problem, yeah, the, the public are, are to blame. But then it's also the government side of things as well because they're yeah. not clear enough. Of no. They're, they're just not clear enough, to be honest. And like they come out and they say, like, that I noticed something the other, uh, today, actually. Boris said, what was it, four days ago or five days ago, that this lockdown is irreversible. Yeah, and then he said tonight it's all subject to what's going on at the time. So it's like you're going back on yourself within a week. But it's if he's saying that it's inevitable, that it's unchangeable and it's irreversible, is that now at the point of where they're now looking at this to say, well, we're getting the we're getting the vaccine out there. If you have it, great. If you don't, and it comes about again, we're not locking everything back down because most people should be vaccinated by this point. Yeah, I think it is that because. Like they said uh, yesterday, I think it was, that their target is for every adult in the UK to be offered the vaccine by July. Mm. So in theory, say, I don't know, 20% of people say they don't want it. You've still got 80% who do. So then you've got the herd immunity. And it's, if it does spread, it's not going to affect people as badly. Yeah, it's not going to almost become, it's not going to become a, a pandemic. No, it'll just be, I think their aim is to, they know they're never going to get rid of it. You know, there's, Flus, there's yeah, swine like, flu, general flu. You, you can't. It's going to be like the common cold now. Yeah, you it? can't kill it. So I think their plan is to then give everybody a yearly top up of the vaccine. Um, and if you get it, it will just be flu like symptoms for a week, 10 days. But there's not going to have to be the isolation, the testing. If you get it, you're going to be ill. You might have to have a bit of time off work and then you go back to normal. Mm. It's, I think now rather than try and kill it, I think you've got to just base life as normal as you can to fit it in because it's never going to that's go. what i mean because I, th- I i think they were saying that the injections a yearly thing isn't it it's like the flu jab you get it's a yearly thing yeah it's going to be a yearly top-up i don't know how how the hell they're going to work it all out with how many <laughs> people in the population that's what i mean especially with and especially when well the thing is you've got a thing like baby this is the thing i thought about actually you know when babies go and get all of their jabs done don't they yeah. when they're very young yeah is is does the coronavirus jab now have to be put into that because obviously they were saying that because most of the time you see kids, they don't have to wear facial coverings, do they? Yeah, no, they don't because it's, uh, well, there's, there's different research that I've seen that shows that there have been young children who have had it and it has killed them. But it's been hidden away because um, basically the government don't want it out there that it affects young and small children because places like my workplace would then have to shut and they don't want to have yes, to do that. true. So mm-hmm. they, they've said when we were told to go back that uh, all early small children, they're a low risk in the population, Yeah. Um, which I don't agree with at all because you tie a child's shoelace up and they sneeze in your face. They, uh, to me, that's not low risk. <laughs> and they walk around coughing with their mouth and tongue hanging out half the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's difficult when you're in close contact with anywhere between 20 and Harry, 
you don't know where their parents yeah. have been, whether their households have been sticking to the rules or not. It's putting a lot of mm. trust in other people for your health. I was going to say, well, the, the current job I'm doing, I do have to go into different people's houses every single day. Yeah. Every two days, I'm in a different person's house working. I mean, yes, I'm working in the loft and I'm very far away. Um, I, I literally, the moment I'm in, the moment I get to the lockup, which is where we keep the van, my mask is on. Yeah. I don't then take my mask off until I get out of that van at the end of the day and I'm walking home. So I'm literally wearing a mask all day. And it, do, it does get quite hard with my job wearing a mask. So see, it's hard work. Yeah. And it's quite hard. To, I find it because I'm actually, I've got, I've got asthma. I'm, I'm, I could be exempt, but I still feel comfortable wearing one. But breathing does get hard sometimes, so I do sometimes pull it down, and that's when you get the odd looks. But um, I was at this customer's house the other day, and she was homeschooling her two kids. Mm-hmm. One of them must have been about five, and the other one couldn't have been older than eight. And I was I could hear her when I was working, teaching these kids. And we got, we got chatting, and it turns out she's a DJ, right. which it was crazy. Mm. I thought it was her husband that was the DJ. She was like, no, he's just a consultant. Oh, wow. She goes, I'm a DJ. I was like, oh, fair enough. I was like, I'll have to get a, a mixtape next time I come around. Yeah, <laughs> And um, I literally, I was listening out, and I could hear her teaching these two kids. And I'm pretty sure we got worse teaching. <laughs> we had some she rough was... teaching, didn't we? Cool. Oh, we had some... I had a teacher tell me he disliked me that much that I should be sent to the head. But he, I make his Thursdays bearable. Oh, the, so. uh, there was a few, weren't they? Mm. I suppose we better not name and shame, but there was a few. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're from Southend, you can probably take a guess <laughs> at what school we went to. <laughs> Secondary school. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there was a few rough ones, weren't there? <laughs> I feel that everyone has that. It doesn't matter what area. Like we always used to say, oh, about the area and about the school, you know, but. I genuinely think that no matter where you're from, unless you're from like Chelsea or you go to Eton and pay 20 grand a term or whatever, I I think you're going to get poor, poor standards of everything. <laughs> it's just the way this, the world is, isn't it? Yeah, true. And then the thing is, you, you're sitting there and you, you, you look back on it and you and I, I was 100% one of those kids that when my dad used to say, when you leave school, you're going to want to go back. Mm. And, all the way through school, I was like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. Not happening, not happening. Mm. Never, ever want to go back to school. I would 100% go back to school now. Yeah, I think I would, just to do things differently. Yeah, I would, um, I'd almost grow up differently through school. Yeah, I would... Like, certain, certain things that happened at school, I would make sure didn't happen. Yeah, see, I, I would have done it slightly differently, because obviously, as you remember, I was quite uh, quiet... Mm. And I think I would yeah. have gone back and been more how I am now, which wouldn't have been good for my school record, but Ed I, I, think, and... <laughs> I think for my childhood, it would have made it a bit more enjoyable rather than, you know, yeah, you, would have got brain, you, you would have got serious injuries at the age of six instead of 22. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> rather than trying to sneak into a library on my lunch break, I think it, it could have been a bit more adventurous than that, but you know, you live and you learn, didn't you? Oh, we were live wire sneaking into that. Like this is this is the sort of level of <laughs> hero that we have produced from Essex that we try and sneak into the library. <laughs> I mean, pulling off bookshelves and everything. Honestly, the scenes that's got to be a, a whole episode called the bookshelf. 
a whole episode called the library yeah. and we'll just talk about everything that happened in the library <laughs> honestly there were some tales people will people will laugh but oh we were just weapons weren't we don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> if you'll pardon the pun in literal sense yes, yes indeed <laughs> sorry moses <laughs> if anyone gets that reference let me know, and I'll be extremely if happy. If anyone understands <laughs> if that can... reference, I will PayPal them £15. <laughs> I'll have to get paid, but I can PayPal <laughs> it. <laughs> right, a question I want to know. Go for is it. What, uh, it's a massive jump away from COVID and jobs and all that, but what I want to know is, what is your best takeaway, like food-wise, like category-wise, and then what would your order of that specific takeaway be? It's difficult because I'm a very plain fussy eater. Mm. As long as it can be eaten with Tom, Thomas, uh, Tommy K, you'll be quite yeah. happy. A bit of Tommy K, a bit of red sauce, can't go wrong. My, my go-to takeaway, I would say I'm going to have to just go McDonald's because it's the most convenient. It's affordable. Breakfast or lunch menu. Oh, oh, oh right now you're throwing a curveball at me. Because <laughs> um, I, know, I know you love a hash brown. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll go breakfast. I'll go breakfast. Mm. What are you getting? Um, breakfast wrap. If there were, as I say, if there was no monetary mm. value on it. A breakfast wrap with ketchup. Yeah. I would take the egg out. I'm not a fan of the McDonald's egg. It's it's like eating rubber. I, I thing is, I find it the two different because they do different, two different types, mm. don't they? they? Do the circle one that comes in the McMuffins. That I always get taken out because that's like biting through an eraser. Yeah, I don't I don't like either. I just I really love egg, but just the McDonald's one. I I don't know something about it. I just can't can't do it. Mm. So I would go yeah a breakfast muff a breakfast wrap sorry with ketchup. No egg. I would go for probably two hash browns. Good idea. And of course, just to balance it out, make it a balanced diet. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. A tropicana. Oh, or if I'm feeling, you know, money is no value, I might even get myself two. Yeah. Steady on. They're small <laughs> bottles, mate. Hey, big spender. You have two big gulps of one of those bottles and you've downed the thing. You need you need two or three to see you through. Yeah, they are like a bit of a chaser, aren't they? And I'm a very large man, so I consume quite a lot. I am a man <laughs> <laughs> who's recently bought some Tropicana. That's another reference. <laughs> another good reference from probably, without a doubt, the greatest TV series ever. If you're from the the people in the UK, well, yeah, between the ages yeah. of Jesus. 16. I would even say younger. I'd say 14. I'd say 14 year olds. No, what well, even now? Yeah, nowadays, man. Because it's still like you still see the clips and stuff, and the films you still are on still. I don't know though, because I've got a 14 year old brother, and when I make references of it, he looks at me like I'm speaking Japanese. Yeah, really? I think it's faded. I think we are the last of that kind. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll wear that. I will gladly be one of the survivors <laughs> of that era. <laughs> I've got a receipt. I've got a receipt. It just makes me feel old now watching that. When we yeah. watched it, well, it's crazy. Like they're they're portraying school kids. Yeah, and they're actually about twenty six. I mean, we watched that when it came out when we were what 
14, 15, and we're now both 23 this year. Mm. And you think that's... And we know it word for word. We really do. His mum still buys his trousers. But it's... 16. It's it's difficult (laughs) because it does make you feel old when you see stuff like that. Yeah, it's the fact that you think about it. It's like, even, even that, we're 23 this year. Old. Yeah. I'm, uh, As my mum says, no one likes you when you're 23. <laughs> no one likes me at 22, mate. True, true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just thought I'd put up with you for 19 years. Yeah, I don't know how you've coped. <laughs> I was going to say, longest relationship I've ever yeah. had. It's been a dream for me, mate. <laughs> Not a struggle at all. <laughs> oh, sweet. Sleepless nights waiting until we're back together. Oh, how'd you feel, mate? <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another it really time. Is. <laughs> As are many of them. Literally... Oh, uh, just, just putting it out there, a little bit of context. Joe absolutely loves Ring of Fire. <laughs> it is his favourite game, hands down. Never uh, loses, doesn't lose pretty oh, much yeah, every okay. time. <laughs> To be fair, I lost on New Year's, didn't I? Yes, you did. I lost on New Year's, and I had vodka, whiskey, that cheap bag of wine Oof. that I had that tasted like paint stripper, because I thought that was a good idea. Um, and red wine. Red wine was in there as well. And beer. That was without... I've had a lot of bad... Hmm, pardon, pardon what I'm about to say. I've had a lot of bad things in my mouth. <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> Breathe it in. But that, <laughs> inject it. <laughs> but that drink was without a doubt the worst thing I've ever tried. I feel like our drinking has become more sophisticated as we've got older. It's 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 gone through phases of anything we can get our hands on to... Five pound bottle of it's vodka. It's then gone from that to the classic <laughs> box of 10 dark fruits for a tenner in your local off-licence. A bottle of bud. It, it, that, uh, then it was bud. yeah, bud. Then it was you know a few a few bottles of do as you're told, yep. and then it's now. Oh, I love that. Prosecco. Oh, I was going to say you were having a bottle of a uh, Prosecco last uh, night. Yeah. yeah. As another thing, you can all clip up. Feel free. Is uh, I like it when it's extra dry. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it goes down a lot easier when it's dry. I don't know what it is well. Well, it's like Tom Jay the other uh, Tom the other Jay uh, the other day. He had a bottle of fresh. Oh yeah. And and it, he was like, oh, it's got. An, he was like, it's a nice bottle. I want it at work. And he, uh, what did he call it? He. It was definitely not Fresnay. <laughs> I mean, not many people probably know that that's actually how you say Fresnay. It's just the fact that I had to work in it. I know what it's called. <laughs> but oh, what did he call it? It was something. Almost un, uh, unrecognizable. What he said that doesn't surprise me. I think, I think he said something close to Fabergé. Yeah, sounds about right. But that's like the eggs, isn't it? Yeah, Fabergé that, that sounds about right to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. The re. I'm going to move it on a bit, and we're going to move it on to the main thing that we're going to talk about today, and the main reason I brought you on because I feel when it comes to footballing mm. talk. There's not much more that know what we're talking about than us two. And I mean, that is all subject to... Yeah, but in my personal I'm sure people have different views on that. But no, I... We are a bit Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, aren't we? Yeah, I feel I'm definitely Jamie Carragher 
gets a bit high pitched and squeaky when things aren't quite. Are you going to? Oh, I'm going to save that one. <laughs> we'll do an. We'll do an impression. Out of nowhere, we're just going to hear it. I was going to say that uh, you actually support the same club that Carragher played for. Yes, I do. Unfortunately, this season, but yeah, I do. It's, uh... I was say, what's like, what? What do you think's been going on this season? Like how? Because like, apparently, uh, obviously, I support Chelsea. I'm a very big diehard Chelsea fan. I mean, I'll get onto the story of that because that's <laughs> a fun story. Um, but I am, I am blue through and through. Um. And it's it, it's like that season where we finished. What was it? Yeah, 10th. you won the league, then finished tenth. Apparently that. Apparently that prior to apparently Liverpool's title defense this season is statistically mm. worse than that season. I think obviously it's it gets overplayed a lot, but I I think it is justified how when Van Dijk came in. Every everyone in football could see how much he changed that team, and it wasn't just him. Allison came in at the same time. Those two got a partnership going together. Trent mm-hmm. started developing. Robertson came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I say Van Dijk even was uh, he even accelerated yeah. massively the um, progression of Joe yeah. Gomez. I mean, there's when Gomez was signed. I can remember from Charlton. It was one of those where it wasn't that much money, but he was a right back who could sort of, you could tell was going to be a centre back from his build, you know, like six foot two stocky. Mm. He's not going to be getting up and down the right hand side. You you could tell yeah. that he just needed that presence to help guide him. And yeah. then when Van Dyke came in and then the two started playing together, like who better to learn from? Van Van just, Dyke. So this season, I just think that, Obviously, it's controversial. The injury, you know, I'd say I read a uh, I read a news article from was it Carragher that said it? If not, it was a Liverpool legend that said it. And they said that Liverpool cannot go on any longer blaming it on the fact they haven't got no. It's it's like they Liverpool need to get over themselves. Yeah, it's I think after so you think they got to Champions League final. And obviously lost. Everything happened with Carrius and that whole situation. To then go back the next year and win it was incredible. To win it, I know it wasn't a great Spurs team and the game was, you know, an early... But you think you even take it back to that Barcelona game. The The four goals in that game, Genie Wijnaldum... Pulled us out of a hole massively. Mm. And we came back from that, then won the Champions League. We came within one point of winning the league against a world-class Man City team. Then the following season to Mm. go on and go even better and get 99 points and win the league. I think this season, yeah, you got the Van Dijk injury. Yeah, Alisson was out for a while. I mean, currently... And he's still not right now. No, really, and Henderson is, is, I think, not having that comfortable centre-back pairing has really shook Allison up. He doesn't have that confidence in the back I was line. Say, I was going to say, I saw a thing about, this is a little while ago now, about a month ago or something, maybe mm. a few weeks ago, 
And it was like Liverpool have now used like something stupid, like 27 centre-back pair. It's going to be even more than that because Henderson's out and from what's coming out of the club, it doesn't look like he's got to have a scan, but it's not looking like a good injury at all. So, mm. didn't you sign someone like last, but not the Quebec, the other guy, and then he got injured like, yeah, from day one? Uh, ben Davies from Preston. Um, mm. He was he was one of those signings where you pay a million pound for him, but he's twenty four years old. He's English. You know that if he strings ten good games together, you can sell him for ten million to a Southampton. So I think yeah. it was definitely more of a a business move rather than a footballing move because when Henderson was injured, rather than put Davies on, Klopp opted to go with Nat Phillips, who's got less experience. He isn't as good defender at all. It does make you... Maybe it's because you've got Kabak and Davies, two new guys coming in together. One's Turkish, one's English. Both never played in England in the Premier League before. It might have been just too much to then bring him off of the, off of the bench to put him in there. But I, I think it's... Obviously, losing Fabinho from the midfield to have to play him at the back was was massive. And even and Henderson, Henderson, I I saw some stats a couple of days ago that having Henderson out of that midfield, people say Henderson, he's just a good leader. He's a runner. He's got a lot of energy. He had he is that. He's also a very good footballer. But the energy that he does have, he leads the press from midfield. You take him yeah. out of that and put Thiago in. They do not do the same job. They're, they're not the same I was player. Say, I've actually seen that Thiago has gone down as rated as the worst signing yeah, in the summer. I think a lot of that... Because of what he's doing to that team. I think it's because with Thiago, I feel like the team he was playing for, Bayern, they don't even really need a manager, do they? They don't even need a manager. They can go and win that 10 times over that league without a manager. And that league is a lot slower. Yeah. I feel it's a lot slower than the Premier League. Like the build-up play, the way it's actually generally played, that mm. suits Thiago's style of play. A, a slower, tick the ball over, keep the game moving. He's very much like Jorginho. He'll stay there and he'll just lay the ball yeah. about and set the pace of the game. But whereas Thiago likes playing it into him, he'll have a look, then lay it off, or then just ping it down the other end of the field, whereas you've then got your two wingers, Mane and Salah, who are used to playing at yeah. 400 mile yeah. an hour. And where he's slowing it down, it's then causing them to be offside, them not making the runs that they would usually make because they're almost having to wait I think Thiago. I get where you're going with that, but I think Thiago needed to be brought in. It's been proved this season. People know how to play against Liverpool now. They know you're going to get that high yeah. energy. You can get them on the break. They're going to pound you for 20 minutes at the start. Then they're going to start die off a little bit, try and keep the ball a bit more. I think you bring Thiago in, you can then, if you start him or you bring him off of the bench, rather than in that 20-minute period where teams are going to go, okay, they're going to press us, you change it and go, no, actually, Thiago's just going to start spraying passes about. It then changes the way the other mm. teams have to defend against you. It gives you a different element. And he's... Someone he'd be very good to play against. He'd be very good to play against Burnley. Yeah. They play a very yeah. low block, don't and they? And he's, he's currently trying to fill the gap that... Fabinho has left and Henderson has left. Mm, and he's just, he's not really, he's more, I would say he's more Henderson than Yeah, he defensively, his numbers have never been great. Um, he, mm. you can tell he's struggling with the physicality because he's completed a high amount, his highest ever amount of fouls and bookings already in a season. I know mm. it's because the other teams do have the ball a lot more compared to 
in Spain and in the Bundesliga. Especially for the team you're playing to get playing for as well. It's intensity. He's Especially been, playing for a team like he's Bayern. been chucked in to try and press people, then defend, then play the passes about. He's never had the legs for it anyway. He's never been a quick player. So he's mm. trying to fill two different midfielders' roles, one who runs around for 90 minutes and one who is an absolute rock. And he's not either of those players. So I, I do feel sorry for him. And I feel like when you have Fabinho and Henderson back into that midfield, I feel like Thiago will then start to change games. But at the moment, I think it's, it's out yeah. of his control because he's not naturally either of those players and he's having to do a job. I get it's, you know, the hype and the reputation and you think the season he came off the back of last year were Bayern. I mean, Jesus, he was, he was mm. top three midfielders in the world last year. As I say, when because uh, I remember seeing that transfer come through and then you come running in and you were like, we've done it, we've signed him. And I was like, I literally thought in my head, I was like, here we go. I was like, just that's just what just what the Premier League needed. Liverpool to get another world class. Yeah, and I think the thought of him in with Henderson and Fabinho was what got all Liverpool, you know, most Liverpool fans excited. They didn't imagine mm. that you was gonna have to have Thiago holding with Curtis Jones and Wayne Alden both going box to box. And then he has to he has to mm. shadow the back line if... with a twenty year old kid who's just come from Germany and Jordan Henderson, mm. that like that was never the plan for signing him. That was never what he was there for. <laughs> Could you imagine if you had never had signed Thiago though, and you still had all the injuries, you had all this. I season? mean, yeah, I think. Do you think that may, maybe if maybe if Liverpool say they didn't mm. sign Thiago at the start of this season, but you still had all of the same injuries, do you think that maybe have been the chance for perhaps Nico Williams to? get a run of games at that right-back position to then move Trent into that centre-mid spot to be more naturally fitting Trent's attributes because he's not exactly the greatest at defending, but going no, forward, you can't yeah, be I, I do think that. I think Nico Williams is a better one-on-one defender than Trent is. So I've only seen him in a couple of games, but he seems like he's going to be he's, the he's... real deal. Very much like Trent in the way that he's young. He's, what, 19, 20 years old. He's got a lot of confidence. Already playing for Wales, you know, in um, qualification matches. It looks like he's now going to stay at that right-back mm. slot. And I think he's too good to be a backup. And I think that if he stays as a backup for too long, I could see um, an Arsenal, a Southampton even a West Ham coming in thinking there's a kid there that can play. So, yeah, I think mm, put definitely. Trent into the midfield. It's Wams. He can do the running, the legwork. And mm. you can have him, yeah, you can have him more centrally, but he can still drift wide. Like, because that's what Henderson does. Henderson covers on the right a hell of a lot. You can put him mm. in that role. I just don't know whether towards the end of a season where you're struggling to get wins against Southampton, Burnley, West Brom, you, you know, you're losing points against teams like this. Whether putting Trent in now into midfield, I don't, I don't know if that if that's a sensible thing to do or whether you just play Curtis Jones, Milner, not... people who have grown up there. Mm. 
maybe maybe next season we'll we'll potentially see, or over the next couple of seasons we might finally see Trent transitioned into that midfield role because I feel like that's yeah, where I, I feel that be. makes sense because it's looking like I mean he's done like I say with the Barcelona game those two goals came up clutch for us but it seems as though Wijnaldum doesn't feel the money and the terms that are being offered are what he's worth. Um, I could see why, you know, yeah. Ronald Koeman wants him at Barcelona. Uh, why would you not want that link up? You know, you're 30 years old. What, you've got to go now or never. Um, I think he's going to yeah, go. Definitely. I think he's obviously going to go on a free. Um, so, like I say, you know, you've got mm. Milner, you've got Curtis Jones, you've got, you've still got Oxley Chamberlain, who's just so unlucky with injuries. You've got Naby Cato. But I feel like if you can then put Trent in, you don't then have to go and spend 30, 40, 50 million on a, on a box to box midfielder. You've, you have a natural replacement. There. Yeah, definitely. Mm, that he's there. He's ready. And, and he's, even if, you know, if Klopp decides thing. that Nico isn't quite ready, there, there are right backs available who are good enough. Well, even that, um, right back from Norwich, yeah. the English boy, that Max Aaron's, I'm, Max Aaron's. the only thing we've played, Um, obviously Godfrey went to Everton mm-hmm. in the summer. Uh, Max Aaron's the left back. I can't think of his name. Went to um, Newcastle in the summer. I just, if you're in a team that's sort of that bad and gets relegated, and you're a defender, it doesn't paint yeah, you it doesn't light. Show great on the and CV. He was never that attacking. He does remind me a bit more of a Wambasaka. He's more solid defensively than he is attacking. Even that Wambasaka's not a fullback either. I don't feel. I feel like Wambasaka's much more. Yeah, I could to be see him back. playing on the right of a back three because he's yeah. his physicality. Yeah, because he's tall. He's tall. He's physical, and he's got yeah. the pace. He's got the legs. But he just doesn't have. I yeah. It's whereas Trent's got the attacking aspect and lacks mm. mainly in the defensive aspect. You've got the complete flip with Wambasaka, where he's more defensive, but he can't necessarily. He's not as good going forward. I'm not going to say he's not good because I'll get ripped for that, but he's just not as good as no. you can get going no, forward. No, he's not. But, you know, it's difficult. And I think this season, I I mean, I think Liverpool will do well to get into the top four. Really? That was actually going to lead me on to my next question. I was going to say, what is your end of season prediction I mean, for Liverpool? I want to be optimistic and say top four, but I think I'm going to have to say Europa League spot. And I feel like it will get to a point, maybe in the next two or three games, it might start to slip away. And Klopp's done it before when we had no chance of getting into the Champions League. He just went balls deep to try and win the Europa League. And I think he'll do the same with the Champions League. If he Mm. knows that top four is out of reach, I think he'll say, look, this season hasn't gone how we want it at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, Champions League is not easy to win. But I feel like if you settle for no. you're going to get Europa League, then you can you can put more energy and effort towards the Champions League. Because you, if you come out of this season not winning... Well, that's yeah. what Klopp did last year, didn't it? It was during the FA Cup, he literally fielded... He weren't even there, was no, he? No, they played he the... He wasn't even there for one of the games. And he fielded like yeah, FA Cup... Yeah, the under-20s. Like um, I mean... Mm. How fluky that was! Managed to beat Everton with that. that Ooh, talk about beating Everton. 
that was a nice goal. I literally, t- I was actually, what was I doing at the time? I was doing something. I think I literally just got in from work and I put the game on and I turn around and all of a sudden I hear Curtis Jones. And I was like, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Joe's going to be I happy. Mean, I think as well, people, <laughs> people do seem to forget how world-class this Liverpool squad has been over the last two or three years. Like, Definitely. I mean, I hate to, I hate to admit it, but... Like the players that they've, they've had, well, I think it's only natural that a lot of these players... I know it's the same for every team, but not every team plays at the intensity. And to get nearly 100 points two seasons in a row in the Premier League is not easy. And I feel like, no, you know, a lot of those players, like Henderson's just turning 30, Wijnaldum's just turning 30, Roberto Firmino's touching 30. It's These players are going to start to tire. And I think... I think we're now seeing a decline with Sadio Mane. I think, I think mm, he's maybe now burned himself out. out. Too there was much a lot of talk about year. Barcelona and Real Madrid. That might have, now that the results aren't going his way, he might now be thinking, right, I'm just going to go in the summer. I've won what I want to win. Um, mm. And it's not like even if he has I a mean, season, he's not going to get the offers. Realistically, I don't think Firmino goes anywhere. I do. I, I for for Liverpool's own. See, side, I don't. I don't think he does he because the somewhere. sell-on value that he has now isn't particularly high. He's still a versatile player. I think he just drops slightly deeper and becomes an attacking midfielder. I would just take the money while I can for him I, and just go and get someone. See, else. I still think go he's going to either drop back into midfield or he will. His role will change slightly if you know if he's happy to stay and do that. If he's happy to stay and do that, I would keep him as an option, mm. and I would, I would try and uh, put in Diogo Jota into that centre-forward false nine. I would say it was quite funny when he first came in. It was like, oh, will Jota even... It was trying to get the four together, wasn't it? It was that whole... Yeah, it was that whole front Mm. three of Mane, Salah and Firmino. And it's like, how does he come in there? But then he came in and everyone was like, oh, he's not going to do a better job than Bobby. I mean, his first two months did better than Bobby. And it it kind of go to it. It made people see that that Liverpool fans always say, "Oh yeah, but Bobby's this, Bobby's that." It, it goes to show that, yeah, he's still not up where he should be. When a player that's come from Wolves is, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, Wolves have got some quality players and they've been producing very good players. But it's not Roberto Firmino, and he's yeah. come in and he's and taken. I mean, him. I've said numerous amount of times before that this season, yeah, Firmino has been the poorest he's been since he signed for Liverpool. But again, no one expected him when he joined from Hoffenheim to be converted to a striker, to then win the league and the Champions League and lead the line. His mm. numbers aren't great, but there's so many games where he plays and where he doesn't play and how much more positive and on the front foot he is that the whole team is when he does play. He does bring something else. Mm. It's the small little things like he's... I know it hasn't been coming off of late, but... You know, the little backheel passes into the box, the no-look passes, the little flicks. Just take, just taking a defense. Yeah, definitely. Haaland. Even like his no-look finishes used to be so nice spend 100 million on Haaland in the summer, he doesn't bring you that little drop of the shoulder or the little backheel. You've got to try and then find that from somewhere else. So I can see why they keep him going. Yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah, but it also but it also gives you about um, it also gives you about yeah, it does, five million goals that's a what season. The two wingers are there for they're inverted strikers. So Firmino isn't there for his goals. 
that on paper it's a four three three, but realistically it's more four three one two. He's he supports the front two. They don't support him, which is why I think I think people see it on paper and think he's a striker. Yeah. Why is he not scoring? But he doesn't he doesn't play as a striker. That's that's never been his game. Mm. He's a false he's nine. A false, yeah, he's definitely a false nine, isn't he? He yeah, he's tiring. He's you know his little tricks aren't working at the moment. And I think that's where, mm. you know, you put Jota in. Jota's younger. He's quicker. He is more physical. He is equally as tricky on the ball. I feel like you phase him out and you put Jota in. If you sell Mane, you know, there aren't, the only thing is there aren't that many. You know, who do you replace Sadio Mane with? If you still want to keep Firmino and Salah, do you, you know, which left winger? You don't, you're not going to go and spend... 60 70 million on Eden Hazard, he's he's not at the level to replace Mane. I was gonna say, because I've seen as much as I would love the king to come back to Stamford Bridge, and he says he will do eventually. I just don't know if going out and spending the 60 odd million that they want for him, I don't think spending 60 odd million for him is what we really should be going for. Yeah, right I now mean, when there's talks of us looking at Haaland. Why go? Why go back? I mean, as much as I love Eden Hazard, why go back to him? I think, when especially the with the way that Tuchel's been playing as well. Where are you going to play Hazard, left wing back? He, he, he doesn't. Unless you're going to play him, exactly. Or, or he's, yeah, I just think he's touching twenty nine now. I mean, I know twenty nine isn't old now. You know, in this day and age for a footballer, with the, like the sports science and everything, that's not old at all. You know, you see with players, they go on to their late thirties. Yeah, exactly. You know, people to their mid to late thirties now. But I just think that he spent a year. What is it? A year? Nearly two years at Real Madrid. Mm. How many goals has he scored? Does he hit double digits? Mm. I'm not too sure, but I know he's literally spent about. Yeah, I think he spent a year out on injury. He spent the rest of his time there in and out of the team. He's been picked. You're having Rodrigo mm. and Vinicius Junior and Asensio picked ahead of you. I don't, I don't see. It wasn't. It was like it his dream too move. Late. It hasn't should have gone a year earlier. Should have been for him. Should it? Mm. I, I, I love the fact I got an extra year out of him, and we got the yeah. Europa League out of it. But for his own career, it's like um. The story of De Gea, wasn't it? The fact that his Real, Real Madrid move didn't oh. go through like six years ago because the fax machine broke and they've received it late. But if we're looking ahead to Liverpool's next game, which is in the Premier League, which is away to Sheffield United mm. on Sunday at Bramall Lane, going off of your, well, to be, uh, yeah, going off of form, you've had what in the last one, two? In the last six, you've had yeah. two wins and four losses. And so have so have Sheffield. And I mean, you should be able to beat Sheffield this yeah, season. Yeah, they're on a doing the greatest. for last year. But um, I think because the way they played last season, mm. they no one had come up against it before. A lot of the players came up from the Championship. It was quite no. unknown to the Premier League. This year, it's, it's not so much. And I think a lot of it rests on McGoldrick, who's early 30s. You know, he's never been a Premier League level striker. Um, 
it's just a game that's breaking down those teams. And these are the sort of games where, like I say, if you have Henderson supporting Thiago, these are the games he's going to unlock teams like this. But all it will take is Lundstrom or Fleck in the midfield to just outbattle him. And they've got a counter-attack on. Yeah, they've got... Or even Burge, he's a big lad. And, you know, their strikers, yeah, okay, they're not brilliant at the moment. They aren't. They can they can score goals and they can they still can hurt score. teams. Any every team in the Premier League this year has the capabilities to hurt any other team. And I just think that yeah. this is the game now. They beat Salzburg at uh, Salzburg, sorry, RB Leipzig um 2-0 in the Champions League in the first leg. I feel like you've got to take that momentum now mm. into a game like this. And say, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play deep. They're gonna try and get us on the break. They do have a few lumps in their back line, but you know, if you can just get that that little spark in there, then it is it's a game I would probably say should be two 0 Liverpool. Mm. Oh, decent. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one because I, I do feel like they're gonna score. Mm. Well, looking towards Oof. Chelsea's next game, we've got Atletico Madrid tomorrow. And we're away. So the away goal... Atletico are on a slight slump as well. They've let Real catch them in the league. Uh, mm. I was going to say, they had a howler at the weekend. I'll say the team news for it is for um, for us is that Tuchel was confirmed yeah. that Thiago Silva was going to be out. That he's still recovering from a knock, um, and he was abs- apparently he was really upset that he weren't that Thiago Silva weren't going to be ready mm-hmm. for this because this was the one that he wanted him ready for. Like it's it's a one of the biggest games yeah. in our season really to push us forward in Champions League. Like <laughs> doesn't get much bigger than the Champions League. Um, yeah, so Thiago Silva's out. Uh, midfielder Kai, like obviously Kai Havertz, obviously mm. barely even made a dent at the moment, um, and. Pulisic, they're both sort of in contention because I know Pulisic has been dealing with some personal issues outside of football and obviously yes. Kai Havarts has just been well Kai Havarts this season. Um, as I say, for Atletico, yeah. uh, Kieran Trippier's out, he's suspended. Hector Herrera's out, he's, he's ill, he's just ill. Um, and Carrasco's got a foot injury and Jimenez has also got a oh, muscle problem. So they're without, they're without their main, they're without probably, well, Two main defenders, being Jimenez and Trippier, a main midfielder being Herrera, and a main winger being Carrasco. I mean, Atletico are one of those teams year. where they're so adaptable. You think they're midfielders, they've got Coco, Saul, Lorente, you know, um, even Angel Correa. They've, they've got so many players. I think... Mm. I... I'm calling. I, I want us to win this, so I'm going to say I'm going to go with a two-one because I don't. I'm going to say two-one again. I know it's quite boring for the Liverpool score, but I just don't um, see us keeping a clean sheet against Atletico, especially with yeah, Suarez on the form say, that he's on at the moment. Uh, two-all. Yeah. Two-all. That would. That means that we. That would technically yeah. mean. I mean, we're I'm still not winning, sure. Obviously, who have two away goals? If so, Suarez is fit. And I'm guessing Jao Felix is fit. So I'm guessing um, if they are, then mm. those two, I think, mixed in with that, you know, just that energy and 
in the midfield. Obviously, Correa's a loss. Uh, Carrasco's a loss, sorry, but... Yeah, definitely. I just feel like their attack... Uh, you know, especially if you don't have the experience of Thiago Silva in there. And yeah, like you say, with Suarez, is on his day. He's been, he's, as I say, he's found some. He's, I still can't believe the basketball. That's got to be one of the howlers of the season. Was I it can't eight million euros? So him... mm-hmm. He might embrace weight. <laughs> still a world class striker. Getting yeah. on a bit, but he still knows where the goal is. Yeah, and they I go just, into emergency um, sign Marcy. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think on. that Suarez is going to. If Morata plays, I've got a feeling he's going to want to nick. Um, of course, yeah. What Morata? I'm living a year in the past. <laughs> a year in the past. Yeah. Clip it, clip it. <laughs> so, for you currently, right now, oh, who is your personal in the world? In the world, fifth top. Uh, <laughs> worst to best. So number On one is going to be like you, yeah. upper echelons. Now, I'm not going yeah, to use any stats for this. I want this to be just purely off of how... Yeah, from what I've seen and how... I what feel you like, feel like you've seen? The way you grade a footballer is based on how they make you feel about the game, whether they make you want to watch. Yeah, yeah because you can go and watch... I would say fifth at the moment. You can turn a Tottenham game off. In the world, probably has to be... Mm-hmm. Oh, this is difficult. I want to say. Now, my my thing is where I put Messi and Ronaldo. If I'm being honest, that's what I'm struggling with because I haven't that's seen numbers. I haven't seen much of their play this year. But I I feel like fifth would be Messi. Then. Yep. Fourth, third for me. Yep. Oh, Lukaku. Oh, interesting. I like that. Yeah. Would you say Lukaku over Martinez? Yeah, I think Lukaku's just got really? that raw power, and he's still got that little bit of flair that you need. I. Th- I- I saw, you know, the numbers he's, he's are an so underrated. Really. And he's played, people forget that he's played at a high level in the Premier League. And there's no reason that teams like Man City and PSG and time. Bayern, you know, whoever are linked with him. Oof, I mean... Well, we're linked with him again. But I don't want it. I don't... What is the point in 27, going out... 27, I think, you know, now. 25, look up. Yeah. Was he older than that? Oh, bloody hell. Bloody hell, he's aged, isn't he? He's, still, he's like Theo Walcott. He's been around forever. Um, yeah, we're linked to him again, but why go out and buy a 27 year old striker for 60 million when you can pay 60 million and pay Haaland's release calls? I suppose the only guarantee with Lukaku is you know why? you can do it in the league, you know what get it, it brings. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that like Haaland's not so physical enough, is it? Oh, actually, I think I'm gonna have to take Messi out, and I'm taking Messi out, and so you've got Messi, Messi fifth sixth for me. Oh, Ronaldo fifth, McCarthy nice. fourth. So who's fifth? Yep, Haaland third. Mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandez yep. second. 
and Mbappe first. Yep. Mbappe first. He is hot. I mean, it is Mbappe, but his season this year has been like I, I feel that he's maybe one to two more. Yeah, years I mean, away from I feel if obviously it didn't, you know, Ballon d'Or didn't happen, but if PSG win that Champions League final against Bayern, Mbappe wins that. Oh, an interesting one that you haven't put in your top five is Lewandowski. Lewandowski he has is, been, but he is the man, isn't he? I feel like he's he's almost that good that you do forget about him. I know. There's just so, I think he doesn't. When you talk of Lukaku, makes just me so want to watch him play more than Lewandowski does. Lewandowski is so clinical. I almost find it boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. That's fair enough. Yeah, and I feel like Lewandowski, and when he fair, gets the ball in around the box, you know, right foot, foot, left foot in the air, it's going to, whether it's, whether he scuffs it, whether he smashes it, he curls it, it's like it's always going in. Whereas Lukaku, he brings mm. that unpredictability, where like the goal he scored yesterday, a couple of days ago, runs past two people and absolutely smashes it into the side netting. You just think that's, you don't tend to see Lewandowski doing things like that. No, and it seems weird. Lukaku looks good in an Inter shirt, doesn't he? Like, he suits. Was it United? You see him at Everton, Chelsea, um, United. Didn't even look good in a shirt. I mean, back when he was at Chelsea and Everton, he did have his dreads. But I mean, that's the thing. He said at United he was too heavy. Part of the reason why he felt he struggled. But he's a lot bigger now. I think he's just obviously leaned up quite a lot. The guy's a monster. Mm, well, that's what Mourinho said. He said that, look, I was going to say, that's what Mourinho said about managing him. He said that Lukaku is not mm. the player that he re- remembers. He's got the build for a target, so man, but has now. so much pace. He's, he is in scary form. And I think Haaland, oh, that, that partnership. Mm. No one, Especially him and Martinez. Martinez is in talks to sign a new deal. And obviously, he was linked to Barcelona. Why would you leave? They're probably going to win the league this year. They beat AC Milan 3 0. Mm. They're five points clear now. Yeah, just absolutely. The league's basically theirs. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind be of interested. Be definitely good to AC not see Milan aren't going to gonna win it. I mean, they could still do it. They they really could. But I feel like they've been so long, they've they've sunk so low, then rise back up again. Yeah, yeah. True. The thing is, so of Inter. You got to think Inter are the exact same. Both of the Milan teams. With giants, you get undeniable giants of the game. Yeah, you then spend once they got years ago, back up. Ten years ago, maybe. They went, uh, lost all their money, didn't they? And got relegated, and then signed Buffon, and just went yeah. from there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, based off of your top five, it, when it comes to a discussion about Messi and Ronaldo, what side do you fall on? As soon as you rated Ronaldo fifth. Because, uh, yeah, I've always cited Messi because I grew up with that. I love Barcelona. Yeah, with Bar- that. I was going to say, Barcelona are you almost know, your second holidays, team, aren't they? And, you know, we used to go to a town that was fairly local to Barcelona. And it was always on the TV. And you'd see them playing how dominant they were, especially under Pep. Mm. And just Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, even uh, yeah. you know, before <laughs> that, Eto'o, Omri... 
Eve or a Ronaldinho. The players that they've had. It's crazy to I think, think the players they've had, though, isn't it? it? I started watching it from when that Ronaldinho handover to Messi in yeah. his last year. And then Messi took the number 10 from Ronaldinho yeah. after he'd left. I think that made me sort of follow him a little bit more with Ronaldinho being my mm. main icon. Um, and he just, the things that he did were just magic. Like yeah. Ronaldo, yeah, he could pick the ball up, do some step overs and then smash the ball from 25 yards. Like it's incredible. And the strength that he has is brilliant. But Messi could take on eight men and somehow bend the ball into the top corner out of nowhere. I was going to say, for me, I am definitely on the side of Messi over Ronaldo. Um, I don't particularly know why I'm Messi over... Well, I do know why I'm Messi over Ronaldo. It's because, again, yeah, it's the it's He the makes flair. you want to get it's up the enjoyment of watching Whereas Messi I don't play. know if Ronaldo does that as much. Not for me, personally, anyway. Like I can watch Messi play and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and do four flip-flaps and then score a banger, banger and do a Rabona to start the game off. But, you know, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I can barely kick a ball. I mean... I'm good as a goalkeeper, that's about I, it. I think I've always been slightly more Messi because of the humble personality. I get you have to be to be a winner. You generally have to be fairly arrogant. Mm. And I get Renat. You know, to be at that elite level, he's in his mid thirties. Yeah. To be at that elite level, physically as well as mentally and everything else, Ronaldo is elite for that reason. Yeah. And I get. Mm. Oh, I think he's. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he's he's what thirty three now. I don't think he's like thirty five. He's, really. he's around that age. Me. Hang on, let me double check. Right, is he really? Wow. Oh no, he's thirty six. He's thirty six. Uh, as of wow, yeah, literally, he was he was thirty six on the fifth of February. He's three I years mean, older than Messi, and then he's he, three years younger than Ibra. I, I suppose the personality side of it swayed me more Messi's way, as well as the Barcelona links and everything like that. But I just feel like Messi was born mm. with that natural ability, and I feel like Ronaldo had to work bloody hard for it. That does. That does sway. That does sway me. Yeah, I do, a lot right of people do find you that. You can tell though. that the work that he did when he was 18, 19, all the way through, has now paid off in his later years. Whereas Messi was born with that. Not paid off. The effort in, but whereas Ronaldo, you hear all these stories where he'd stay, he'd get there an hour early, and he'd leave an hour later, even when he was nineteen. So and, and he still late. does that now. Whereas I think Messi would, you know, do his training and go, "Yep, going in a couple of days." go home and do all of his stuff. Whereas Ronaldo's like, no, I need to improve. I need to get better. So for that reason, I think I'm now more mm. towards Ronaldo. Um, and it's even the things, you know, Messi, we're talking about leaving and stuff. Yeah. To me, that does tarnish it a little bit because I'd love to see him retire at Barcelona. But Oh, yeah. You know I mean? But does he not have the right is, to say that? He is Barcelona and he After always After everything will be. he's done but for it's Barcelona? Just that fairy tale story of he starts there he gets brought through by Ronaldinho he sort of shows him the ropes gives him number 10 in the armband says goodbye and then Messi just takes it even further no one thought he was going to do what he did no one thought he was going to do what he did you know outdo Ronaldinho I just think that you know once these two retire I think in a year two three however many years time we'll sit there and go we 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 miss them we actually should have appreciated Miss Messi them. in the last year at Barcelona when, all right, he might not have been at top form, but just the moments of magic. It's what a lot of things I see on Twitter. It's like, no matter how much 
people argue when it comes to football, everything everyone can agree on is that mm. you're going to miss seeing Messi and Ronaldo play. I saw a thing the other day, Ronaldo said that one day him and Messi will play on the same pitch and he hopes it's going to be at his uh, Ronaldo's tribunal match. He's going to. He said, "I'm going to send an invite to Messi. It's up to him whether he wants to accept it or not. But I'd like to. I would like him to come and play with me for one game. But could you imagine the last game Ronaldo ever plays football? I mean, yeah, and he's playing with Messi on the other. That's side. That's what it used to make. It wasn't even the old Classico. It was the Messi versus Ronaldo. It was. It was never about the clubs. It was. Yeah, no even years ago, it was literally it just them about two, it? Figo or you know, um, Raul or anyone like that. It was about the club. And then ever since it then, was it about was not Real Madrid against Ronaldo Barcelona. Mm. So looking past Messi and Ronaldo, looking more into the future, do you, def- do you, I feel like these two are going to be the next two, maybe, I don't know if it's too early in their careers to say that they will go on to be Messi and Ronaldo because, of the stat that I saw the other day, it's like they need to score, these two players need to score, what is it, yeah. like 45, 50 yeah. goals a season for 15 years to be able to get Ronaldo's record. But I do definitely feel the new future rival is uh, going to be... Yeah, I agree Mbappe with the Mbappe side of it. I feel like Haaland, we still don't quite know enough. For me, this is controversial, what I'm about to say. I would personally take Haaland over Mbappe. And let me explain why. Yeah. Because with Haaland, you know what you're going to get. You know, you stick him in that striker. He ain't going to leave striker. He's not going anywhere else. He's going to go up and down that pitch scoring. And he is a serial scorer. He doesn't necessarily have the flair or anything like that. Whereas Mbappe, yes, he's more versatile and he can go into other positions. But with Haaland, and yes, Mbappe has flair and he can do all these flicks and tricks and stuff, but Haaland will score. He doesn't need to have all of the other additive stuff into his game. He just scores and that's what makes Haaland so good. He's never going to go five games without scoring, whereas Mbappe could go five games without scoring, come back, yes, yeah, yeah. but in that but time, Haaland's again, played five games. comparable to Messi and Ronaldo, isn't it? You've got Mbappe is more of that Messi, the technique and you know the little intricate Messi. pieces of play, whereas you've got Haaland just to want to score goals. I, yeah, it could be. I mean, I struggle to see who mm. else it would be other than Mbappe. So I suppose... Yeah, Maybe I, if Shao Felix, Felix does fuck his ideas one. up a bit. No, I don't know I how, just don't think he's being played right under I'm Simeon. just trying to think of other, you know, on that level, that are that age... Like absolutely running the game at uh, such a young age for goalkeeping wise, I definitely feel like you've got your Donnarumma. He is sort of that. I mean, I know say Donnarumma now, and he's a goalkeeper for the future, but and he's been around yeah. since he was like fifteen, and he's now what like twenty. He's, so he's already been around five years. But he's still he's still one sure for the future. Yeah, I'm sure I saw that. It might even be more than which that, is it, insane. You know, it's a crazy number at that age. You think he's our age? Crazy. Doesn't say. I remember in his first couple of seasons. I remember seeing that he actually couldn't play for a few, get for like a certain amount of games mm-hmm. in a month because he had his the the Italy version of GCSEs. He had to go and do his A levels and his GCSEs and stuff, which meant he couldn't play. Yeah, I but mean, he's starting for AC Milan. 
he didn't he nearly left about yeah. a season or two into his like breakthrough season, didn't he? Yeah, and he, then he uh, ended up getting more money. I think if I remember right, really he was obviously offered a short term deal as such because he was young and they weren't too sure. And his contract was running out, and he was like, "Well, you know, I'll just go somewhere else then." And he demanded more money, and I think AC Milan gave him an offer, yeah. and he still wanted more. Which I can understand that if you're the main goalkeeper, and you're, mm. it doesn't matter whether you're young or not, if you are a main part of that team and you help them as much as he does, you should have that right to, you know, demand and say, "No, I'm I'm worth more than that." <laughs> I was gonna say I know in a I know in a team each position has got their roles and each team each position some people would argue is equally important all over, but for me your goalkeeper <laughs> is I mean speaking as a Chelsea fan I can quite happily say we've we've seen it from both ends of the stick we had the goalkeeping god that was Petr Cech to then having Kepa Arisa Balaga yeah like that refuses to come off. And that actually makes me not want to watch a Chelsea game if I see him starting. I oh, generally yeah, don't want to turn that match on because it makes me sweat. We've both had experiences with dodgy keepers. <laughs> Every you know, ball that goes back to him and makes carriers to then Alison Becker. It, it's yeah. It it just hey. shows how important a good goalkeeper is and how they can command such a fee. Like with Oblak, would be a record-breaking fee for a goalkeeper. It would be with Donnarumma. Mm, I do. I do. Oblak, he's just. There's a video of him making a triple he's, save, yeah, and incredible. he moves like lightning, like through the entire thing, and then it gets to the end, and he literally just falls backwards onto his back, and he's like, "I'm done." Like speaking from a goalkeeper, and it doesn't look like our jobs are very hard. They are knackering being in goal. Like you won't have nothing to do for thirty, forty mm. minutes, and then it's that one chance that someone has that you've got to be switched on for. It's such a mental game planning goal, which is why for me, I ha- I'm not a naturally gifted player. I have to work at it to be in goal and I have to be in the right mindset. Like even when us, me, you and one of our friends, Tom, go for a kickabout, yeah. I will let six or seven goals in and my head will drop. I won't want to play anymore. But then I'll make one world-class <laughs> save yeah, and then yeah. you guys are having a go at me because you can't score for half yeah. an hour. I think it's that's like, the thing, I'm such got... a head player. The reason why there are players that are elite is because they, when they have those moments, they don't drop. Like how, if you miss an absolute sitter, like we've seen, mm. use Timo Werner as an example. How on form he was in the last two or three years in Germany. Yeah. He goes to Chelsea, misses a few, doesn't score for a, like, what is it, 13, 14 games he didn't score for before the other day. You know, he's quite clearly affected mentally by it, whereas Ronaldo might not score for two. And then he'll go, yeah, suck on that, and he'll score a hat-trick. It's like that picture. Have you seen that picture of... Oh, no, I'm going back to Haaland again, yeah. but there's a picture of the of Dortmund lining up for the Champions League game, and they're all standing there with their hands by the back. They're singing. The, they're just standing there, like, respecting the time, just ready for the game. There's a picture of Haaland. He has got both his hands down by the side of him, clenched, and you look at the expression on that, Macy, that yeah. man's face and you know he is ready for it. Yeah. It was like he used to say, didn't he, that he was like, uh, he used to have the Champions League music as his alarm. And it's like, uh, he's already scored 18 goals in the Champions League this season, which is more than 
if yeah. when we say icons of the game, I'm talking your Ronaldo's, your Zidane's, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He's outscored them. Yeah, I mean, I yes, mean, the group the stage are a lot easier for him to score. Dortmund team, it, it's not good enough for for him to. His numbers would be better if he was in a better team. I can just. It's been linked quite yeah, recently. With you and with Man City, I don't think he would go City because with us. Pep struggled having Ibrahimovic. He played him as a left winger. He doesn't like that type of striker. He likes uh, a Sergio yeah. and a Aguero. Uh, you know the little, the nimble, getting your Aguero link up plays. Yeah, he doesn't want uh, you know six foot four. Your Messi's who will sometimes want it to his chest, want it in the air. They don't play that way. So I think, I mean. Mm. Logically, no. It's for me. It's, for me, it's between Chelsea. Come us and do a replay. Real, I don't think have all the pulling power at the moment. The funds. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, unfortunately, the yeah. problem is with with Barca and Real is is their name. But even that, that's come from for me personally in the recent years and the yeah. younger players that are now playing and looking to go to these clubs it's because of Messi and Ronaldo and I just don't feel that without them mm. and obviously and obviously Barca's last few years dip in form pe- people will still go to those clubs because it's Real Madrid and Barcelona but you have to look at these things now if someone laid four contracts out on the table or five contracts out on the table you've got PSG you've got Real Madrid Barcelona Liverpool or uh, Chelsea. PSG, go to if you're if you literally cannot play football because you can go there and win it and be on 300 grand a week and you can be a centre back and score 30 goals a season there. Go to Real, yeah, cool. You're at Real Madrid. Yeah. You'll be fighting yeah. for top four every year now because of the team they've got. You'll be fighting for top four. Same as Barca, fighting for top four again every year or find top three, the two teams, those two. They're fighting for top three. And then You've got Liverpool, obviously great prospect. So out of those five contracts, it would be a difficult for me decision to go between, do I go for serial winners Liverpool at the moment and potentially keep that run of form that they've been on going? And, or do I go to a team like Chelsea where, yeah, they are, they used to be giants. They're now sleeping giants, but they're Mm. starting to wake up again. Now we're starting to wake up again. We're starting to put, bring those players through. We're starting to buy the right, well, I know it hasn't seemed like we bought the right people, but they will come. They will come good. Yeah, I'm I mean, standing it's just, by it. That you know they've been brought in under Frank Lampard, who clearly didn't play the same way that they played in Germany, and then they've got a new manager again. Now it's they're going to need that seed that no. off season to just you know spend a few weeks away, mm. get your head sorted, come back and go. No, now I've signed. Work now things out. It. You know, it's it's difficult to you know to mm. know which way you'd sign, but definitely it's hard not to look at the Premier League as it's the best league in the world. It's got the best coaching. For me, it's the best league best in the world. Teams, I would, I would probably say the majority of the best players. Best realistically. teams. You know, like I say, you've got the odd Lukaku and Haaland, but you know, majority yeah. wise, do we? And even then, you ask those players, well, maybe not Lukaku now because he's played here, but you ask a lot of those players, where, where would you like to play before you retire, the Premier League? Every player you ask always say, I mean, I know it's a very typical thing for a footballer to say, oh, it was my dream move here and all that sort of stuff, but 
for a lot of players, the Premier League is probably, especially for in the, the yeah, smaller yeah. countries and stuff. I mean, yeah, they'll have their home football yeah, and stuff where, like that. But the Premier know, League is, is the creme de la creme for a lot of people. It, it, it definitely makes you... It definitely shows whether you're a yeah. good player or not. I yeah, definitely. If you can play in the Premier League. But for me, it's not... A, I mean, everyone's... I mean, I'll probably get people on my back now, especially Man United fans with what I'm about to say. Um, it's not a shock. He's been really I mean, everyone seems to act like it's years. a shock that Bruno Fernandes was good in the Premier League. I would even say three. I'd even push it to three years. He's been ready for years. But for some reason, he just decided to waste yeah. potentially the prime years of his career in Portugal. Like... And he's now he's now come to the Premier League. And yes, he did hit the ground running and he is lighting things up and he did research that Man United team. It did give a team with no heart a heart. All that extra rubbish. But I mean, the man's 26 years old now and he wasted his early 20s in the Portuguese League when from the age of 23, he could have been in the Premier League ready and yeah. maybe obviously not have the numbers that he does yeah, now, but I it mean, would still be unbelievable the numbers he would have got. There are players, I he feel. could be one who stays here for what, four years and then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, he's off to... Dortmund, and then you don't see him again. Oh dear. I've just searched for everyone watching at home, and sorry to interrupt you there. I've just searched Bruno Fernandes to double check his name, and one of the news articles that's come up has absolutely boiled my blood. Manchester United fans bragging that Bruno Fernandes Fernandes is a better midfielder than Frank Lampard in his prime. Yeah. He's done it for half as well. For a season now, Fernandez, he's done it for a season. Like obviously the back end of last season, start of this season, he's been in the Premier League for a year. Not a shock that he's a, he's going to be as good as he was because I feel he was ready three years ago. But prime Lampard, yeah. you're comparing someone that's been in the league for a year, tore it up. Yes, don't get me wrong. To the to the most, I mean, the highest yeah, goal scoring midfielder. You know, Bruno doesn't have those. He's got those moments of magic. He seems to produce them every game somehow, but. And I get Frank never had that full air that Bruno does, but Frank had those like those runs into the box that a striker would make. Bruno, does, he gets in Frank the box didn't need it. that, and he does score goals from inside the box. But he mm. isn't. Frank was a midfielder who was also a poacher in front of goal. Yeah, Bruno. It would be mm. interesting to see. But then also could drop if you're going to make that comparison that when he hits his thirties, you put him as a watching him try and defend. As a box to box rather than attacking midfielder, it's then you make you then make the comparisons. If he can do that, if he can do it consistently, yeah, he won't do defending it. like Frank did, box to box, and still score as many goals, then I think it's more justified than it is now. But again, like I'm looking, I'm actually sitting here and reading this now because it's wound me up. I mean, yes, he's scored 22 times in, and 13 assists in 37. Yeah, Beers has made that 35 and 37 matches. Don't get me wrong. But it says here, uh-huh. Chelsea legend Lampard, 42, made 36 appearances in the 2009-10 season and scored 22 and registered 14. So he could break... So again, that's, that's 37. Wait, 
No, he's that Frank Lampard's more best Frank number Lampard, season. Yeah, he can break that record, but that's one season. Because if that's his, I can see why they're then saying that he, you know, he has had a better uh, one-off season overall than Frank Lampard. But you can't say he's a better player. Uh, is that his? Is that it? Uh, wait, hang on. What was that bit? Fernandez is trying to just carry his form, carry his season. He scored. Like, it says that, and then a little bit further down, it says, has, meanwhile, Fernandez has currently made 25 appearances and scored 15 times and 10 assists. No, he's he's not a better player. No, than not for part. me. Yeah. He's not better. Not having that argument. <clears throat> I've decided. No. If you look at the overall picture, yeah, you could go into any yeah. player's seasons and do the exact same thing. You could go to any player in the world and find a year. I mean, yeah, that could have been Frank's best year. It didn't say it on there. But yeah. you could go to any player in the world and go, well, he had a bad year that year. Currently, currently, uh, Jack Grealish, that's the first name that came to me, Ed. Currently, Jack Grealish is having a better year than Frank Lampard did. Or he's yeah. having a better season than Stephen it's Gerrard people, did. And it's like, is he better than Stephen have, Gerrard? Um, no, obviously not. People base it on stats too much. And I feel like people... Delusions. People overlook it. You've got... They call it the eye That's test. That's the why I don't like football these days. Forget the numbers. It's Put all the stats. numbers to one side. You just look at the plate and tell me who's a mm. better footballer. Yeah. In terms of overall game... Yeah, literally... I would Lampard, say Lampard it was in his prime is a better player than Bruno Fernandes is in his prime. You can use that for any position. Like you can yeah. say currently that you think the impact that Stones and Ruben Diaz have had on Man City's back line is as important as Van Dijk's did. And then Van Dijk, no. But based off of numbers, you would say the impact they're having is as important. Yeah, no, it is. not at all. Because they're going to go 18 games winning streak. Mm. But it doesn't mean they're better defenders than him. Yeah, it was, it was like last year. Um, no, it was like last year at the start of the season, I remember seeing this. It was like Mustafi was having a better season than yeah. Van Dyke on numbers. It's two, it's two it's numbers like, based. And that look is at the what, two players. Come on. Yeah. Which is why people don't rate Mason Mount. Because he doesn't get the numbers. But he's doing everything else. Or he's trying to do everything else he can. He's, yeah, yeah, maybe he should be assisting a little bit more, scoring a little bit more. But that will come. That will come with time. That will come with experience. He's currently playmaking. He sets up the assist. But people don't see that side of the game. They're like, oh, that's, that's didn't what get I say about... He must have had a poor game today. Taking it Not back. at all. Obviously, don't get too much into it again now. But with Firmino, people get so wrapped up in the numbers. Go, oh, he hasn't scored at Anfield in 30 games. Or, mm. Oh, he's only scored two goals this season. Yeah, but look at his play. Watch him play football and tell me that if he's not in that team, Liverpool don't win the Champions League and the Premier League. I would put my house on that. If you if you did not have him in that style, mm. if you had Diego Jota in centre forward <laughs> instead of Firmino, they would not have won those. And the numbers won't support that, and the stats Fair support enough. that. That's the only thing that might support statement. it is the 
the covering runs and the no. little flick here and there. Numbers won't back that up, but you watch enough games to see mm. how much it runs through him. And that's, you know, and that's what when people say, oh, he's not good. Yeah, this year, no, he's yeah. not good enough. He probably yeah, needs fair. to go and be replaced. That it, Every team has a cycle and it just churns over. But as it's too, it's too numbers based in every mm-hmm. aspect. Now, even people in the lower, you know, the lower divisions, it's, or we better not go and sign him. He's only scored three goals at youth levels. He could be a gem. Could, could be a gem. And it's... Yeah, yeah, literally. Well, look what happened with Chelsea and Mbappe. We didn't deem... For people that don't know, um, Kylian Mbappe, when he was younger, had a tryout at Chelsea. He was Chelsea mad as a kid, and Ronaldo mad, but he was Chelsea mad when he was a kid. He wanted to play for Chelsea when he was a kid. And he came down for a trial and Chelsea didn't deem Mbappe as a child good enough to take him into our youth intake. It's like, that's what I mean. You could look at a kid now and go, yeah, don't sign him. Four years time, he turns into Kylian Mbappe. And I actually found out recently the player that we actually took over Mbappe and that's Dominic Solanke. We took Dominic Solanke. We, we deemed back then Dominic Solanke a better footballer than Kylian Mbappe was going to be for a future prospect. Now look at how their careers have gone. Yeah. Mbappe's gone off and he's now probably up. He, well, he's in your eyes the best player in the world currently and probably up there for me as well. And then you look at Dominic Solanke who's currently, I mean, yes, he's having a good season for Bournemouth in the championship, but he's had to go through and Chelsea, that is one that Liverpool, up now to the Bournemouth. That to find his level decisions of are made based purely on numbers. Because you look at Dominic Solanke's record for England, under 21s, under 23s, all the way through. He was, you know, there was a time when he was coming for at Chelsea. People were going to say he's unreal, like, wasn't Shearer. it? He's going to be incredible. He's going to do this, he's going to do that. Because of the numbers he was producing. And when he came to Liverpool, we got him after his contract ran out. I was, I was excited. Thinking, oh my God, I was like, we've actually, how, you know, how have we stolen someone off of Chelsea for what, eight, nine million after it went to the, the tribunal? Stolen someone? Yeah. But, but you know, it just shows that some people aren't cut out for it. You can score as many goals as you want as an under-23 when you're coming up against six-foot centre-backs mm, who are 10 stone wet through. And you've got Dom Solanke, who's six-foot-three, and an absolute unit. Of course he's going to brush past them and finish. Mm. There's, that's natural. You do it in the Premier League where you're coming up against Vestergaard, who's what, mm. like six-foot-eight from Denmark. You're not going to stand a chance. you it's just not going to happen, and that's why it's two. Well, you know, six foot Chelsea seven, Nick Pope in goal should be sacked because they've, they've looked at him as a child and gone, "Oh yeah, look, he's big, he's strong. He can look at all mm-hmm. his finishes yeah. he's making." And Bappe, oh, mate, he's too little. all he does is run. All he does is quick. Yeah, he's only got a bit of pace about him. He's not going to look go at Mbappe. Anywhere. Oh, he's, he's not very good. All he does is run and flicks. Four years later, I we're mean, 200 million in crazy the pot. It's two numbers based. And that's why I don't think I would ever get a job in football because they'd tell you to look at the numbers. You you go mm. to a ball and say, we want to spend 30 million on this guy. And you go, oh, he's only played 15 games in in Eredivisie. I'm not spending 30 million on that. I'm going to go and spend 30 million on Sebastian Haller from wherever he came from in Germany. He mm. scores about 10 goals in three years.
Exactly. You look at Donny El When he first transferred, everyone said, wow, player. how have West Ham done that? He's now a highly rated striker playing in the Eredivisie, scoring goals on a regular. It's, yes. I know it's luck of the draw. You can't keep everyone. You can't yeah. sign every player at youth Literally. level. But, and loan them out for the rest of their careers. But well, I mean, We try to. Chelsea try to. You know, there are some. <laughs> it, it's just a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. Right. As I say, we have been now chatting for, well, it's now about to go over an hour and a half. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel like an hour and a half gone by at all. Uh, it ve- felt very easy doing that first episode for everyone listening. And if you are still listening, if you did make it all the way through listening to us who just ramble on, do like let us know. I'm going to link down below or link in the description. I'm going to be putting my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook. Uh, if I can add a second link on there, I'm going to drop down. I'm going to drop on there Joe's Twitter and his Instagram. I don't know if you. I'll pop, pop that in there. But again, thank you very much, Joe, for coming on for the first episode. I feel like it made it a lot. Um, I felt a lot more relaxed doing it with someone that I've known for so long. Yeah, and no it worries. just Definitely me, helped. It's, uh, it's been but good. What I'm saying, but it's yeah, just a massive thank you for you for coming on. <laughs> I'm saying I'm sure we'll. Uh, uh, well, I'm saying I'm going to act like we haven't discussed oh, this previously yeah, off, uh, off audio. I'm, I'm so relieved that you, oh, I'd love I'm to have so you back on for another episode. That <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, I'm nudge. Shocked. I'm shocked. No, it's been good. It's been a good oh, laugh. I've been wanting to say um, it the whole time. Definitely not. Yeah, been let's prior hope arranged. that we uh, we have <laughs> many more for our many stories that we can share. Oh, I was going to say, and I, just, I, I hope that everyone that has been nice enough to come and join us for the hour and a half that we've been chatting, I hope that they maybe potentially learned something that we said because obviously we're quite geeky when it comes to football. So not a lot of people will know a lot of the stuff that we haven't probably won't know a lot of the stories that we said about. And if you guys do enjoy it, obviously, as I said at the start, just rem- let me know how many sort of podcasts you would like to see maybe a week. Um, I think going for... F- five a week might be a little bit too pushing it at the moment. Um, but I can definitely do two sort of two or three a week. But yeah, as I say, just let me know down below. If you come and drop me a follow over on the socials down below and obviously go, go across and give Joe a look as well and drop him a little follow. Let us know in our comments if you made it to the end. Just drop something in there. And what we'll do is, guys, we will catch you next time on the On Air podcast for episode two.